Autobots Transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast, Joe. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode 51 of Transformers Armada. It is Origin. This episode was written by Ryo Motohira. He's going to take us out of this series. And the last time on Transformers Armada, a battle against Unicron kicked into high gear and cost Thrust his life because he's a balloon. And in this episode, Red Alert's fine. Yep, he gets up from that collapsed tunnel he was in and Cybertron's even more messed up than it was before and everything's on fire and opening bumper. And when we come back, the kids are racing through the tunnels of Unicron to find Optimus and Megatron, uh, who we cut to and they have found Mega- or, um, Unicron's heart. They call it his heart. Well, yeah, and all the super weapons, like the, the three things are there. They're stuck inside tentacles or something. And mm-hmm. Galvatron's like, look, Optimus, it's the Star Saber. And then Optimus says, the Star Saber what, Galvatron? Oh, the Star Saber sword. I was confused for a second there. <laughs> yeah. And I love that Megatron reaches for it and all these tentacles that are holding the Star Saber kind of like move at him and Optimus has to come in and say, no, Galvatron, it's bad. Yeah. And Don't we- touch. <laughs> Then we hear sideways laughing, and when he emerges from the heart of Unicron, they both seem surprised that he's there. Like, shouldn't they know this by now? Yeah. In fact, there's a bit as they're talking where uh, sideways is like, um, it might be later on when he gets into his whole energy thing, but he's like, Optimus, I thought you knew. Come on. How did you not figure this out? I thought we were both playing Galvatron. But anyway, uh, apparently he has to explain that sideways and Unicron are one. Yep, they're one in the same now. His voice even kind of changes. And it does. He's been absorbing the negative energy created by the war between the Autobots and Decepticons since pretty much forever. But when he talks about it, it's not like he talks about, uh, like, you know, negatively charged protons or things. It's bad mojo. Yeah, exactly. And, and then uh, outside the Transformers, there's a lot of back and forth in this episode. Like, um, But outside at this point, the Transformers are all in their little jets uh, zipping around and they're attacking Unicron to no avail. Well, he even kind of swats at them with a few of those. Like, if he had, like, fully fleshed out wings, it would be like the spines and the wings kind of thing. He looks like he's hitting them with those. And after he takes out a couple of the flyers with those, like, wing things, a hotshot encourages the team to stay focused and he lands, it looks like Hotshot, lands a uh, like a hit on Unicron's neck and like, blows a hole in it. Yep, they all fly inside and Back downstairs, Unicron wraps the tentacles. Well, he's got uh, Galvatron in the tentacles now, and he wraps him even tighter and absorbs his power, I guess, because he looks like the... Remember the in that scene with Hotshot where you see all the other Transformers in the walls merge with the walls? Yeah. Kind of looks like that. Yeah, he like his... His color fades a little. He doesn't go full Optimus in the movie gray, but his color kind of mutes a bit, and he, yeah, freezes. And then Unicron... Unicron accuses, or I guess sideways, whatever, let's just call him Unicron, accuses Optimus of being just as guilty of sending off negative energy as Galvatron is. But in the name of peace. Yeah, so it was like, it, it's the exact same thing. Just you you think you have a different motive, but like deep inside, Optimus, you know you're a warrior and you love the smell of combat. I think, and whether he says it now or says it later, he definitely says it at some point. Yeah. Oh, you know what? There was one thing I, I missed uh, that we've talked a couple times about this show getting meta. And I think Ryo Motohira might have just given up at one point earlier because when side or Unicron starts going on and on, <laughs> Megatron actually says, or fuck, Galvatron says at one point, oh my God, are you? always talking like <laughs> shut the fuck up and then he gets in those tentacles yeah. but uh then, anyway um i think it's outside that shot on um unicron's neck is opened up and oh yeah you said all the jets fly in and they 
Is this when they drop bombs? Oh, well, yeah, man, I said it looks like they drop bowling pins, but I guess they're bombs. But what's their target? The floor? Like, why is that spot any different than any other spot in here that you would bomb it? Yeah, and the spot, I mean, it. those bombs fall a long time. And you don't see what they hit. They, they fall so long, they go, they just disappear. So I don't know what kind of canal they're in, but it is miles high. Yeah. And there's this eventually huge explosion and they outrun the fireball and their little jets and fireball in space. And they fly out of Unicron's mouth. And meanwhile, Unicron explains uh, to Galvatron and Optimus, I guess, that these guys aren't doing a damn thing to me. They're only making it worse for themselves. And sure enough, Hotshot sees Unicron starting to regenerate. Yeah, the, the negative energy. I, I kind of dig that. As hokey as it is that it's like bad mojo. Yeah. I, you know, hey, your attacks only make me stronger. Um, and then Unicron does a very Transformers Armada thing. He turns to Optimus and says, would you like to join me? Yeah, he gets out the job application and Optimus, oh, yeah, this is where he says, yeah, you're a warrior, you crave battle stuff. Stop denying it. And yeah, then yeah, Highwire yeah. from off camera is like, it's not true because the kids in the minicons are here now and commercial break. And when we come back, Highwire, it's like, we're not afraid of you. And I do like this one bit where Unicron's like, I don't care. I don't care that you're not afraid of me. I control you. Shut up. Yes, exactly. But, uh, yeah, he has to remind them that, like, I made you. And the kid's are like, that's not true. They were made for peace. He's like, no, it is true. Shut up. Yeah, he's like, I'm pretty sure I just said I made the fucking things, kid. I know what they're for. <laughs> and then the three minicons, the preceptor minicons, slowly advance on sideways. Yeah, and then back outside, we hear Highwire's voice say, destroy, destroy, and then the glowing green minicons forming the clone of Unicron explode. Yeah. Either the, way, it, they're gone. This is just a series of shots because, like, they they explode and they're gone, but then we just cut to jets and they're all flying past the jets in one direction. Then we cut to other jets and they're all flying past those jets in different directions. And, and then they're just going through space. And inside, what's in, is actually kind of cool, is that inside Unicron, the minicons, I guess, go dead, like their eyes... Just blackout. Well, yeah, I guess uh, Sideways or Unicron took control of them because when they turn around to face the kids, the lights in their eyes are gone. And Vance is like, oh, what happened to their eyes? But if you pause it at 12 minutes and 35 seconds, look at his eyes. Like, he could have been in Transmorphers. He's got that much eye makeup on. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> the mascara Vance. <laughs> so, um, oh, uh, oh, oh, there was kind of one neat. Like, this episode, eh. Uh, but this one very creepy part is when the tentacles reach out and grab the kids and we don't see them all go into this, I don't know what you call it, stasis, but we do see Rad and it's seeing a, you know, a brightly drawn childish character, um, who just wants to tell you about the Transformers, uh, (laughs) kind of end up in that desaturated, gritty look. I just realized that's the thing on the fucking wiki. It's rad. I just realized (laughs) that. (laughs) Little, uh, bumper thing. I want to tell you about the Transformers. Um, oh, oh, this is, oh my God. This is when I rolled my eyes so hard they fell out of my head. Sideways, who is now in control of everything. Kids are taken care of, minicons are controlled, Galvatron yep. is is uh, under wraps, and any attack on him only makes him stronger. Turns to Optimus. What does he offer him, Paul? He says, you know what? Let's make this interesting. Let's settle it with a good old fight, and winner takes all. Like, 
What? What? Yeah. What the <laughs> hell? How? How are you the the biggest threat in the galaxy if you're this stupid? And then Rad wakes up in bed. Uh, oh no! Wait, no, no. He's in the desert, and so are the other kids, and they have no idea how they got there because it that doesn't matter because they're not there anymore. Now they're in a throne room that looks like something on Earth, not Cybertron. And Galvatron is on the throne, and Alexis figures they're trapped in one of Galvatron's fantasies. And did you notice that Starscream is among the Decepticons in Galvatron's fantasy? I did notice that. I also noticed that Alexis must have, you know, logically deduced this through a lot of factual evidence. And no, she just guessed it. And then she she just creates an entire reality out of her own imagination. Well, yeah. And then the boys, yeah, it's, they're in the middle of the woods and the sun's shining and birds are chirping. Beautiful day. And Alexis explains, well, if Galvatron can make a fantasy world here, why couldn't I? And the boys are just amazed that she can imagine a forest a forest like, it's a that, that, that's forest. all it is it's oh, oh it's a little more than a forest because they do see high wire they try to call out to him okay so there's a lot of jumping back and forth and and most of it is just a sideways saying to optimus i am so powerful how could you have not seen i was so powerful yeah. why don't you join my team and if you wouldn't like to join my team i'll pull down my pants and you can kick me in the nuts <laughs> like he's really making himself open yeah exactly and then the, the kids have a vision of Unicron blasting Cybertron, and then Rad hopes Highwire can explain that, and they start calling out for Highwire, but then the sky turns black, and things start swirling around, and Unicron found them exactly where he put them. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I do at least, like, you know, I think Fred or one of them says, like, let's create another reality and hide, and Unicron's like, do you think I won't find you? I, I put you here. Yep, he's had, Come on. he's had enough of their shit, and rocks start flying around, and the kids keep calling for Highwire, and back at the heart of Unicron with Highwire, his eyes light up, and now the other Minicons are here, and they're ready to fight for peace. Oh yeah, we get the music, there it is, um, and then they all glow and just kind of enter Unicron through his skin. Well yeah, even when that Minicon song starts though, Hotshot's like, what's that? It's like, how many times have you heard this thing by now and you still don't know what it is? But yeah, they, they all basically fly inside Unicron, like right through his skin, if that's the right word to call it, and things start exploding, and then the tentacles holding the three super weapons shatter, and the nine minicons break free, and then everybody else is freed. Yeah, uh, then Highwire, or no, um, uh, Sideways bursts out of Unicron's heart in vehicle mode, and Optimus suddenly has the blaster, blows him away, like, like yeah. I was gonna say decimates him, but he probably rips apart like 60% of his body. All that's left is the torso and the head. Yeah, like, he just blows the rider part of him clean and half wood. I thought that was his minicon, but either way, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're what's right. left of this thing is on the floor and it says something like, oh, if you only had to join me, this wouldn't have happened and you should have listened to Unicron. Well, now we know why Sideways was so hell-bent on keeping the fighting going. Unicron is powered, or at least grew to the strength he's at now, from the negative energy, put that in quotes, created by the war between the Autobots and Decepticons that's been going on forever. Like, man, if that's all it takes, get on Twitter. You'd have the batteries charged to 11 in a day. But doesn't that seem like an awfully, well, stupid design choice to power them up that way? Like, solar power was out of the question? There's light on Cybertron. It must orbit a star. Also, energy. Again, I put that in quotes. In the sense of vibes, mojo, feelings, emotions are real. Statistically, it's not a huge difference. But that's why sports teams tend to win more games at home than on the road. But they are not a source of energy in the sense of the word when it means can supply power to. If the Leafs are playing at home and they're up 6-0 and the crowd's going nuts, sure, it's going to pump up the players, but it isn't going to charge people's phones or heat up their coffee or make the lights any 
brighter. It also isn't going to keep them from blowing it with five minutes to go in the third. Oh my god, that team can't hold a lead. They could be up 15-0 with a two-man advantage and still fuck it up. They don't make it easy being... Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show, the second last episode Ooh, of Armada, uh, setting us up for what's obviously going to be a big fight for the last one. Uh, but it was kind of a nothing burger of an episode. Yeah, it just kind of got us back to Megatron and Galvatron about to... Or Megatron and Galvatron, Optimus and Galvatron. Gonna finish off. Gonna fight again. Uh, so it was a short episode of Tefimpus, which means... On the Darts. Here we go. This round of On the Darts, Paul, is going to be the movie. Uh, we haven't done this one. We've done G1, plenty of G1 Transformers, but we haven't done the, uh, the characters in the movie. So mm. let's start with the hero of the movie, Hot Rod. Uh, hot? Oh, boy. Um, I could kind of see him, as again, as the James Dean guy with the yeah. think smoking is cool kind of a thing. 100%. But when he becomes Rodimus, he just throws him away. Oh, really? See, I think he's the young guy smoking makes me look cool. Then becomes Rodimus, but he's hooked on the man. Those things are hard to quit. So he's taking, a, he's hitting a few darts behind the scenes when Daniel's not around. Yeah, but say he's, he's hiding it from Danny for sure. Okay, uh, the other big star of the movie, Galvatron. Uh, and, and we're saying smokes nicotine, not crack. <laughs> I think he'd smoke anything you gave him. Uh, <laughs> he'd smoke tar. <laughs> or pencil shavings. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I could see Galvatron smoking, because he just he just wouldn't care, right? He'd, yeah, he'd blow the smoke in your face. Nothing bothers that guy. I'd bother him the Autobots. <laughs> you know what? I would argue that everything bothers that guy. Uh, he'd smoke the Autobots. He'd <laughs> <laughs> crush him, roll him up, and smoke him. Um, what do you think about RC, Paul? Is RC on the darts? Uh, no. Not, not, not G1 RC. I, I, I don't see it anyway. No, I, she's never even thought of it. It's just grosses her out. Uh, but let's go back to the Decepticons. How about Cyclonus? Uh, he's definitely got the deep. Kind of, well, it's Roger C. Caramel, right? The guy that was mud on Star Trek. But uh, mm-hmm. he's got that deep kind of voice. But um, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see it. I can see that Cyclonus isn't a regular smoker, but he he like smokes after sex and after a really good fight. Yeah, or or uh, like he'd have like a glass of scotch or something and a fine cigar going. Mm, I, I really don't see that. I see him like hitting a greasy dart. <laughs> After he beats the shit out of some Autobot, he just turns to a Scourge and is like, give me a smoke, and then lights it up (laughs) and just looks down the Autobot. Yeah, and then flicks it on the Autobot and stomps him. Yeah. (laughs) Now that you pointed out, yeah, I can see that. Okay, how about, uh, well, his his foe, Ultra Magnus. Is Ultra Magnus on the darts? Uh, It was Robert Stack in the movie, so I could kind of picture maybe in the movie, but not on the show. If that, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the movie, I could see him, like, if he had to interrogate somebody. And this might just be, be me projecting Robert Stack into it a little more than Ultra Magnus. Yeah. But I could see in an interrogation, he'd have a, a cigarette and an ashtray in front of him. <laughs> He's got, like, rumble sitting under the fucking light down at the police station. <laughs> All right, say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's wrap this round of On the Darts uh, up with uh, the guy who just, I guess, died in the episode we just did. Unicron, but G1 movie Unicron. Uh, well, it's, I mean, obviously there's an effect on the voice, but it's Orson Welles, right? But uh, there's, there's no way the man's voice was never that so deep. Cigars. But, uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Big, big cigar. Yeah, yeah, big cigars and a bottle of French champagne, the French of the greatest. <laughs> There's a YouTube video to watch. If you want something fun, dear listener, go on YouTube right now and you look up Orson Welles champagne commercial outtakes. 
Yet another round of On the Darts. Yeah. It might be our last round of On the Darts for the series, Paul. I think so. Will that game come back? Who knows? Who cares? The next episode Paul and I are going to review is... I remember when I saw this movie in the theater, they had the volume up so fucking loud. A friend of mine was in the next cinema seeing uh, The Scarlet Letter, I think, and he could hear Mortal Kombat. <laughs> well, this, this movie, Paul, was such uh, impacted us so much in our youth and was such an event that I am fairly certain we have told the It Was So Loud story, the <laughs> Was Jacked on Caffeine and Sugar story, <laughs> and I think there was one about a guy throwing popcorn. But, like, yeah, that was, man, that was, it's a, you know what? It's not, it's still a bad movie, but it's not that bad. It's, it's fun to watch with the nostalgia. Um, My brother can recite it word for word. (laughs) Who knows if the next episode will hold up. By the way, it's Mortal Kombat with a C, not a K, so, and it's written by Ryo Motohiro, so, yeah. Uh, but if you want to see two, yes, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul is at pmcpherson1, and you can email the show at transformersnitpickers at gmail.com. Yeah, and when you finish him doing that, uh, okay, that was a stretch. Make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, left, right, left, right, BA, up, down, slow. Who knows? I don't know computer code. Flawless victory. It's not true.